Hello, and thank you for joining us here on episode two of the Calm Waves podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the subject of peak brain performance. We'll be going through what is peak brain performance and what does it look like? How does goal setting build the foundation for peak brain performance? Things that can help and hurt your flow state? And how to turn your flow state on and off? Hope you enjoy this episode. So let's just dive right in. All right, here we are. I am on the sky deck here in Scottsdale. Got a crane above us that you can kind of probably hear. Um, but we're just going to jump right into this. Uh, welcome to the Calm Waves podcast with Dallas and Dr. Cowan, Dr. Doug. Um, today we're going to uh, talk about brain performance, peak brain performance, and what it is and why you should care about it. So first question, uh, Dr. Doug, is what is brain performance? What is peak brain performance? Yeah, this peak, if we think about what's called peak performance, that it is when your, your body and your brain, your central nervous system, gosh, your soul, your mind, your spirit, they're all connected in such a way that you are able to perform whatever it is you're doing at an optimal level and optimal changes, right? It, uh, optimal could be on Tuesday, optimal could be one level of performance on the next week, it could be a different level of performance. But for that day, those circumstances, that situation, you are performing at the peak level of your ability to perform, that optimal level of performance. So sometimes people refer to this as a flow state or being in the zone, uh, probably more commonly referred to as that than even uh, peak performance. But it, it is that. It is this place where everything comes together for you to get your absolute optimal performance that day that situation that task whatever it might be what um how does that apply to an athlete so talk about you know worker and you know flow state that side of things but for an athlete what does peak brain performance look and feel like well for any for any kind of peak performance, the brain is going to work differently than the, the way it, it would normally work, you know, just going down to the Starbucks. And uh, it, is, it is a way of demanding of the brain or, or allowing the brain to, to work at its very, very, very best performance. It's open to anybody. And I want to say this before we talk about athletes that peak performance or flow state is open to anybody, everybody. And I'm, I'm sure that everybody listening to this has at one point or another in their life experienced this flow state, whether they're a professional athlete or not. It's just this time when everything comes together. So people can experience this at work or at home or doing music or art or sports. And for the athlete, 
the way an athlete's going to look at this, when you think about athletic performance, that in its truest form, an athlete is, has set goals that they are trying to accomplish and break the barriers in their performance. That's sports. You know, with long jump, hey, we got to break this barrier. And um, the Olympics are, you know, the best example of that, where you've got these records and people might see them as barriers to human performance. And yet they're not, because every, every four years when athletes get together, somebody's breaking the barriers. It, I mean, the classic story is Roger Bannister, the four-minute mile thing, however long ago that was, 50 years, I don't, I don't know. And the four-minute mile, you know, they, they told all the runners, all the coaches, all the physiologists, all the doctors told the runners, you break four-minute mile, you're going to die right there. Finish line, you're just going to roll over and die. The human body can't do it. And everybody was running 4.10, 4.6 miles until Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile barrier. And then all these runners said, well, shoot, I can do that. And there were, I don't know, half a dozen or a dozen guys within the next year broke the four-minute mile barrier, saying it's, we're, we're breaking these limitations. So when we think about an athlete, if you're an athlete listening, or the spouse of an athlete, or the, the father of an athlete, or whomever, in the purest form of athletics, you have, this is my level of performance, and I'm going to seek to do better today than I've ever done before. So we set up our training to do better today than we've ever done before. And you think about, it's the pitching coach at Vanderbilt who's famous for this. He just tells his pitchers 1% better every day. Today, we're going to be 1% better than yesterday. But it is, what, where are you at yesterday? Where are you at today? What is your ability that you're comfortable with? You know you can accomplish this today, and let's do 1% more. Let's do 2% better. And so it has to do with goal setting. Every athlete understands that in training. Uh, clear goals for today, just as you have goals for the season. Goals for the season are meaningless. Uh, I want to hit 300. Yeah, you know, so what? It's, okay, if I'm going to hit 300, what are the 20 things that I have to do? What are the 20 skills that I have to learn? How do I have to stack these skills so that I can achieve that ultimate goal? But today, what do I have to do? So I think about a hitter who for a week might just hit sliders down and away into right field or down the right field line, even hit them foul. Because 0-2, that's what you're going to get. So to, to be competent at that. And then spend a week just fastballs right down the middle. Because every at-bat, you're going to get one. So you don't want to foul it back. You want to make them chase it. So you're working on these skills, stacking them one on top of another so you reach your ultimate goal. But it's going to start with setting clear goals, some way to measure it, um, and then creating it, making it into a challenge that you're going to work toward uh, today, now, and not thinking a lot about the future, but right now. So that's so important for the athlete. Your training right now is what matters. 
And that's the only way to, to really do peak performance training, short term or long term. So, so it sounds like when we talk kind of bringing it all back to like the brain peak performance side of things is a kind of a cornerstone to this or a foundation of this is to have good goal setting, have good, hey, my purpose for today or my purpose for this at bat or my purpose for this golf swing, all of those things kind of set up so that you can achieve that, that, that flow state. So you can go, okay, this is why I'm do this is what I'm doing today. This is what's happening here's how I'm going to accomplish it or here's what's going on. So without those types of foundations, it's hard to achieve a real measurable way to say, Hey, I'm in brain peak performance or I'm in this peak performance kind of mindset. Yeah. I don't know if you even can get into that mindset without some goal that you're working toward achieving that if you just got a stack of papers on your desk and you're working and you're trying to get them done, you know, it's just work. If you can gamify it and say, well, yesterday I did 50 tasks and today I want to do 52 tasks. Here we go. Let's, let's get after it. Now you have a chance to get into that state. Uh, but without the goal setting, it, it doesn't happen for anybody. We, we try to figure out how to cut corners and, and it, it's not nearly as productive as when we have goals. So that's just, you know, that's the, the starting point of it. It's not all of it, but it's a starting point of it. The, what, we, what we see in the, the brain in these kind of flow states, peak performance states, is the brain changes from the way it normally operates. And let, let, me, let me use an example. So on the other side, this is not the flow state. This is... Um, a different state, but, but we can see in functional MRIs and other tools, we, we can see that somebody with post-traumatic stress disorder, how their brain has changed. And there, for instance, there's a difference between PTSD that comes from combat and PTSD that comes from auto accidents and even auto accidents can be different, but, but somehow the brain is going to change in post-traumatic stress disorder. And we can see some parts of the brain speed up, some parts of the brain slow down. One of the things that we see in post-traumatic stress disorder is that the part of the brain that handles telling us what time it is or how long it takes to do something or how long we just invested in doing something, that part of the brain doesn't work well. So that's why People can relive an incident that happened six months ago or six years ago or 60 years ago as if it was yesterday because the, the part of the brain that says that was then, this is now, isn't for that event, isn't working so well. And, and a number of people have experienced this and, and just don't understand what's happening, but the brain is working differently. In peak performance, it's not PTSD. That's not my point. My point is that the brain works differently in that state. So there's this flow state, a, a number of things happen. And, and one is that everything seems effortless. That you seem well connected in whatever work, I mean connected like your body, your soul, your mind, your brain. It's all connected. It's just connected. Everything's 
working really well together. So you have this sense of it being effortless. I think of all the sports I've ever played, basketball is the one that illustrates that the best. Is when you're in the zone in basketball, you just shoot and it goes in. And you know where the ball is going to go and you just go there. And it, it's, it's really fun. Um, your confidence goes up because you're doing something you know you can do. And you're reaching your goals and you're, you know, you're accomplishing these things. So you feel very confident in what you're doing. Um, you're totally focused on the task. This is that, the pitcher who nothing's distracting him. Once he gets the sign from the catcher, he just is seeking perfection, total concentration. The Throwing the pitch is effortless, total concentration to the task, and you're focused completely on now. So interesting thing of how the brain changes is your sense of time will change in the flow state where three-hour workout might seem like you just did 45 minutes or 30 minutes. Your, your perception of time might change. Things might slow down. Things might speed up, whatever it might be. But your perception of time might change because you're so focused completely on right now. It's the now. You're not thinking about the future. If I do this in the future, what will happen? If I miss this putt in the future, what will happen? That's where Debbie Cruz says the yips come from is you're thinking about the future. If I make this, what happens? If I miss it, what happens? You're in the wrong brain state because the flow state has to do with right now this task, not what will happen if. The, the front part of the brain is involved with um, the kind of ego tasks. How am I doing? How am I looking? What will my wife think or my parents think or my girlfriend think or my coach think or my teammates think and so you become very self-conscious you start thinking about the future you think about the past you think about a bunch of things that that task does not require you to think about the task requires that you think about stroking the putt into the hole or hitting the fastball that's down the middle or throwing the pitch or, you know, whatever you're doing, that that's what the task requires of you. But as soon as you start thinking about these other things, well, you, you're distracted, you're working at whatever, 90% instead of 100%, and you hesitate. That's really common when we're in that brain state of not being totally focused on the task, is that we hesitate. Will I get hurt? What will it look like if I miss this putt? I'm on national TV, whatever it might be. So when the athlete's in this flow state, there, there's none of that. That part of the brain just turns off, and the whole rest of the brain that has practiced that task 10,000 times kicks in and is doing, is doing that. Um, so ego, ego can get in the way of the flow state. Uh, we have to learn how to turn that off and just perform the task in front of us. Going back to that, you just kind of put up one point about ego getting in the way of a flow state. What are some ways to, you know, say I've set goals, I'm ready to go, um, got some, you know, tasks for today. What are the things that can enhance uh, flow state to stay in it 
um, or some things that go into it? And what are some things that hamper or can take you out of that flow state? Whether it's work or whether it's in the golf course or in the batter's box, what are, what are some things that first kind of stay on what helps it and then what hurts it? It's practicing being in the now so that when you step into the batter's box, everything else is off. You're not interested in your third base coach or the guys in the dugout or the people in the stands. It's just you and a guy holding a ball 60 feet away who's gonna, who doesn't like you and he's going to throw this pitch. And you're going to focus entirely right now on that task. So it's the now that enhances it. Um, the brain, the brain becomes more, the two hemispheres of the brain work together better. They play nicer together. And you're, the brain allows you in that state to just do what you've practiced. You know, this is the phrase, the, you know, the phrase practice makes perfect. And we know that's not right. It's perfect practice makes perfect because you're going to do what you've practiced the most. And so if you practice goofing off, you, you can't, you can't rally your brain to create something that hasn't done. So we practice doing things perfectly. We practice driving the pitch. We practice making people chase it. We practice, you know, getting enough spin on the slider that it breaks a ton. We practice these things so that under stress, and during performance, we do what we've practiced. It is the thinking about yourself and how do I look that gets you out of that state. It's the ego that gets you out of that state. And it's, it's really good for us to practice off the golf course, off competition, off the field, when we're not in competition, it's good for us to practice over and over again that state right now, only now. And, and you know, practice in that state so that during competition, we, we know how to get from here to there because we've done it a thousand times. I don't know if that answers your question, but. Uh, absolutely. I think, I think what I'm hearing is, you know, talk about ego. I mean. For me, that was probably the biggest thing for college baseball was me getting out of that state of being present is, you know, caring about what my coach thought, what, you know, what happens if I don't do this. Um, even on the golf course, I get where, you know, paired with somebody and it's like, I, what if I shank it? You know, what if I swing and miss or all those types of states, you know, so we, we can get in those um, into our own head. But then when you can get into that flow state or that present of, just this shot or this I love I, there's a story you told I, I love it and, and I think this goes back to staying in the present it's like do, what do you have to do in order to stay in the present um, and one of the stories you tell I don't remember the guy's name but he was a baseball player and he's with his family and he had his kid there and his wife there and he goes alright daddy's got to go to work now yeah Freddie Lynn this was at a a USC alumni game and Freddie Lynn's over talking to his wife and kids in the on deck circle and a guy whatever gets out gets on whatever yeah he says he says to his kids okay daddy's got to go to work now 
And then that walk from the on-deck circle to the batter's box, he shifted to, this is what I do for a living. And, yeah, he hit this home run up on, if you've ever been to USC, there's a parking structure past the right field fence. And I know he broke somebody's windshield on top of the parking structure. But he did have an aluminum bat, which, you know, it's kind of frightening for a guy like Freddie Lynn to be swinging an aluminum bat. And USC was, at the time, at that era, that was a long time ago, but they were pretty famous for sticking tennis balls inside the aluminum bats and adding about 50 feet to everything they hit. So, um, yeah. Um, the other the other story I think about is, and I, I try to play, apply this because um, I play golf and I want to get better at it, and that's kind of my goal is to get, you know, better at playing golf but is to how how do you have a social conversation with somebody how do you engage with somebody but still play golf well and i remember this what i try to apply is when you have the golf club in your hand you get into that flow state you get into what do i need to do if the golf club is not in your hand someone asks you a question whoop, put it in the bag then you can have that interaction. So it's turning it on and off. Yeah. So you're not always in that flow state where you're sitting down going, okay, I can't do anything. I got to be in this flow state. Or if it's how do you turn it on, turn it off, you know, to help actually help your brain. Yeah, we need some kind of switch, some kind of trigger like that. Uh, certainly as a hitter, it's stepping into your office, the batter's box. As a pitcher, it is, you know, getting your feet up on that pitcher's rubber, um, whatever it might be, there's something where we need to shift into a whole different kind of mindset, focus on the task at hand. In golf, yeah, it was it was Dwayne, the pro at the, the club that we played at, that um, asked me about that. Because as the club pro, it's like they expect me to play good, but they want me to talk to them all the time, and I can't do both. So, yeah, it was you pull the club out of the bag, and now you're at work. You're a professional golfer. Put the club back in the bag. Be a nice guy. Because you can only sustain, when it comes to the kind of brain state for golf or hitting a baseball, you can only sustain it for a short time. Then you need a little bit of a break. It's not like the flow state of doing surgery or pushing papers when you're doing your taxes or something. So we burn a lot of glucose when we're in that performance state. And... Yeah, you can take the club out, execute your shot, put the club back in, uh, get a mouthful of Gatorade, and talk to people. So things like that do work. What, one of the stories, a guy named uh, Lane, uh, I probably shouldn't say his name, I don't know, but he was this gigantic home builder that I used to caddy for. And... This was back when I was in high school. He was huge. And he hit this booming shot on this hot summer day. It was wet and steamy in Calabasas Park. And it was just miserable. So I went out and spotted the ball. We were about 100 yards away. And I hand him a pitching wedge. And he hands me his driver. And I back up. And just as he's at that spot of he's going to execute this shot, you know, he ex little cock of his head and little cock of his hands, and 
He's going to swing this club. This giant horsefly, a giant horsefly, lands right on his nose and starts feeding. So I'm looking at this, thinking, well, that's bad. And he brings the club back and hits this shot four feet from the pin and then knocks the fly off his nose, hands me the pitching wedge, I hand him the putter, and he walks away. And I don't say a thing until the next tee. He putts out and gets his birdie, and he's got blood dripping off his nose. So next tee, I work up enough courage to ask him, how did you do that? How did I do what? Fly sucking blood out of your nose four feet from the pin. I don't know. How'd you do what? You hit, you hit a great shot. And he was the one who told me the principle, taught me the principle, Doug, I've hit that shot 10,000 times. My hands know where to go. I don't need my eyes open to hit that shot. So that, that was my first lesson in perfect practice makes perfect. And when we're under stress, we do the things we've practiced the most. So I'm glad I, I learned it young. It, it, was, it was a good lesson. No, that's great. Well, as we wrap up today at talking about um, flow state and peak brain performance and what does that look like kind of in our life and kind of setting goals, um, anything else you want to wrap up with today? Well, just that there are some really great tools to be able to do that. And some of them are in the field of psychology, like the, the goal setting, how to apply it. Uh, some of it are in the world of sports psychology. Uh, some of it are in the, the world of uh, brainwave biofeedback, neurofeedback. And they, they can make us all better at being able to accomplish these things. So it's, it's worth the while of a uh, business executive, uh, because it's really important for high-level executives in, in companies to be in this state as often as possible. They say that an executive in a flow state is five times more productive than one who's not in that state. So uh, people get paid a ton of money to, to run their business. This would be worth their while to learn how to do this. Um, professional athletes, high-level college athletes who want to be professional athletes, this would be something worthwhile uh, learning how to do uh, and and how to get into that state whenever there's a task that needs them to be in that state. So it, it can't just be something that is, oh, that's interesting. It, it is something that people really should take action with and train train their brain and train their schedule and train their body to be able to perform at optimum levels when they need to. And I know that's something we're working on is just trying to provide that information, um, work with athletes to help them come up with that plan. So if they don't know where to start or they're going, hey, how do, we, how do I up my game? How do I find the best technologies? How do I find the best resources? I know that's something that we're, we're really passionate about to, to help them accomplish those types of goals. All right. Well, thanks, Dallas. I'm done for today. Here we go.
Alright. Outro, go. How'd we do? Right. Good. Let me stop this real quick.